It's time for Larry Knows But My guest tonight From the Hawkeye State John Blue The editor-in-chief of the Strickland, Alex Wolf, and I'm your host, Larry. joining me guys on this friday october 23rd uh news out today that supposedly the board of governor the nba board of governors are meeting to discuss plans for starting the season and it looks like they're leaning towards uh, a christmas day start and i guess the takeaways from that are one that they're going to forego, at least in the beginning of the season, the idea of having fans in the building, which is probably the right decision. There's no outdoor arenas, as far as I know. And uh, it means the draft, which starts November 18th, from there, like it's just going to be a real quick, rapid offseason where news is just going to come at you fast, and there's going to be bombs a-dropping. Uh, any any word on any anything... Besides that, or is that kind of the latest? I think that's basically it. They are shooting for a 72-game season, which right. seems like a lot to me. It um, does, unless they the, push back the playoffs, but I don't think they're doing But they doing said that? that they have no plans of doing that because they're trying to accommodate the Olympics next year as well. Um, oh. So, you know, that would, that would require having the season done on time by the end of June because Team USA training camps start like a week or two into July, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, it's, uh, and they're going to want to cut like team USA to be clear is probably going to use whatever pull they have to ensure that they can get a, a full strength team out there because they got embarrassed the last time they played internationally. So, uh, I don't think they want to repeat that in the Olympics. Well, let's so, talk uh, about that. Uh, they did yeah. get embarrassed. I remember Kemba Walker going like, mm-hmm. Oh, for something. Cause he was guarded against by this who? against who? Exactly? Yeah. Who is it? It was, um, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the one <laughs> yeah and then they got embarrassed in the quarterfinal rounds by team france i um yeah i i remember at the time there was there was no patriotism for me i was totally rooting for team france for that game mm-hmm. it wasn't even the real full-forced american team well, because the team usa turned into like team celtics it was it was yeah. literally like their top three players were kemba jalen brown and uh, jason tatum so it was like why would we root for these guys? Yeah, <laughs> the only way they could get more hateable if uh, it was if Ennis Cantor was also American. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ennis Cantor, maybe uh, Barnani on there too. Yeah, sure. All right, Caruso. Like, I mean, Caruso's got to be on the hateable list, right? Alex Caruso. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like the guy. Sorry, <laughs> I might be alone on that. I think no, I'm kind of with you because I think Caruso would be likable if. 
he wasn't turned into this like weird bleacher report and ESPN like fetishized figure that like just makes him annoying at that point, you know, because it's like I don't really care about, you know, highlights of like white Frank Milikino all the time, basically. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's definitely beloved, and and it's clear that some of it is just like, oh my god, it's this, it's this white bald guy, and it's funny, but you know, let's like be honest with how good he is. Um. Okay, so let's talk draft a little bit, and while we're here, we'll do a little bit Knicks focused with the draft. Um. So the top two teams are Minnesota. I almost said Minnesota Twins, Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Golden State Warriors. And both are, at least rumors have it, are thinking of trading their pick. Or they're not, I don't think, I don't think anyone is like totally sold on any player at the top. So if they were to trade their picks, is, do you see any scenario where the Knicks would trade up? Uh, I could take it first, I guess. I mean, I don't um it's sounding like based off the reporting that they're more interested in trading down in this draft. Um you know, I, I don't have any source reporting myself, but just from reading everything that's been put out there, I think if the right deal came along, they might look into moving up. Uh, but I, I don't think that right deal is going to come along because I think the Timberwolves and the Warriors especially are gonna be looking for win now players and yeah. the Knicks don't really have that. You know, they they have they can offer you okay. We can offer you just moving down to the eighth pick, but what do you you know what are you going to offer them to entice them to make that move? Otherwise, you know, whereas there are other teams maybe even that aren't even in the lottery that could potentially dangle, you know, a a real star or star like player uh, to get that pick, you know, and, and potentially move up. You know, uh, I don't even I'm trying to think like off the top of my head who might even be one of those guys, but you know, there are other teams that that might be more willing to kind of blow it up at this point and have better players than the Knicks do uh, that can entice, you know, a win now team like golden state doesn't really care for that second pick because they're trying to win a championship next year. And even if they took LaMelo ball, who's, you know, presumably one, of, presumably the best player in this draft, or at least has the highest ceiling, or even if they took someone who maybe fits more what they need right now, like Wiseman or something. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be necessarily looking to have that player. Who's admittedly part of a weak draft, you know, and, pretty much every player in this draft has their question marks and probably needs some development and stuff like that. Like, I don't think they have any interest in that. So I, I don't know how much the Knicks have that those sort of teams would want. I do think that the Knicks could potentially be a nice landing spot for other contending teams that just want to get into the top 10 and try to get someone else. So I, I think to me, it's more likely that they trade back maybe even with a team like the Celtics um, who are, they have three first round picks Um they could potentially, like, if someone like Onyeko Kongwu was available there, uh, who seems like a good fit for them, maybe that's someone that they want to go after and they would make a trade up with the Knicks. Uh, maybe it's some other team, you know, like the Suns maybe look and are like, oh, we want Halliburton, you know, because he would probably be a good fit. And, and I think the, I think based off what the Knicks have been saying lately, it's pretty obvious that they're sort of, um, they're like, planting seeds that they like all these different guys so that teams are going to be inclined to think that they'll take them. So like they've already kind of planted the seed of like, Oh, we love James Wiseman, you know, and the reality is with Mitchell Robinson already on the roster, they're probably not going to take James Wiseman, but 
some other team that's slightly below them might be like, oh, crap, they're going to take Wiseman and then trade up a couple assets, and then the Knicks could still get their guy a couple picks later anyway. So it's it's just stuff like that. I, I really think, though, the more that comes out and the more the time goes along, I think uh, it's less likely that they're going to end up trying to trade up. Yeah, that that seems reasonable. I I would I don't even know if I would want Wiseman over Mitch, but that's maybe because I'm just a homer. I wouldn't either. I mean, because Wiseman, if you watch some some of the videos on him, you know he's he's got a real problem with defending the perimeter or you know defending anything that's not like right around the rim. I mean, to me, like this is probably. I mean, maybe it's putting him too much in a box, but when I watch him, it just kind of screams like Hassan Whiteside to me, where I'm like, I feel like he's gonna put up really good numbers, like you know, maybe like 16 points, 10 boards, like three blocks at some point or another in his career, but he's not actually going to help your team on the floor because he's just going to, he's going to be, you know, uh, letting people leak by him on the perimeter and, you know, taking plays off and, and just in general, not being able to keep up with certain players. And it's not going to be ideal for like the current NBA. I don't think. Yeah. Well, given that, I mean, that thinking like early on, before I kind of heard what the asking price was for the number two pick, I kept thinking about just like Mitch straight up for the number two, but it doesn't seem like that's going to get it done. Even though, I don't know, if I were the Warriors, I would I would maybe want Mitch over any of these other players, especially at Mitch's price point of one and a half million. Yeah, <clears throat> and for the Warriors, it's... Uh they don't have to worry too much about the fact that Mitch is going to need an extension next year um, because like they're already capped out for forever with, you know, their three stars. So it would be nice for them to be able to not have to pay Mitch as much this year, but then they would, you know, be able to extend him next off season without much issue and just be like, all right, yeah, cool. Like, you know, we're, we're going to pay you now and, you know, we'll give you basically whatever you want, you know, because, we don't, we don't care, you know, about how much you cost because we know we're going to be a luxury tax team anyway. You fit our, you know, our mold and whatever, and, and you're what we need. So, uh, whereas with the Knicks, you know, they might not be ready to quite give that kind of big money next offseason yet to Mitch and kind of complicates things. Although you could argue also like, and I would argue this, that he's going to have positive value no matter what, pretty much no matter what his contract ends up being. But yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't know that they would take that uh, just because on the surface, it doesn't seem like enough um, right. just based off like Mitch's counting stats and optics and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, if I was the Knicks, I would entertain it. I don't know. I, there were times during this off season where I was like, yeah, I think I'd make that deal if you could get like Okongwu or something. But then the more I think about it, like Mitch is actually really good. Like, I don't, I don't know for sure that I'd be like lining up to get rid of him. So yeah, it, uh, it, it's a tough, tough, not to crack, but I feel like the more realistic offer, which I wouldn't do, is that it would require Mitch plus number eight to get up to number two, and I definitely wouldn't do that. Yeah, neither would I. But the Mitch straight up for number two also makes sense for the Warriors' standpoint because they would save about $8 million from what the number two pick would cost versus what Mitch would cost, and that helps them mm-hmm. get at least part of the way towards getting below the luxury tax. But I don't yeah, think I mean they're gonna they're gonna have a real regardless. What's that? I don't think the comparison is to what the number two is gonna cost because I don't think the number two is gonna come regardless. Like I don't think they're picking number two. You think they're trading him no matter what? Yeah, I think it's I think the trade is gonna happen for for one hundred percent sure. 
Do you yeah, have? I also don't think they really care about the Lux tax that much, to be honest. That's true, because um, they have those like Goldman Sachs. They have Wiggins warrior, too. You got to remember. So they bonds. already have. They have Steph making like forty-two, forty-three million dollars. Then they have Clay making like thirty something, and then they have Wiggins making thirty, and then they have Draymond making like twenty-two. So they they got a lot of money tied up already. I mean, if they could get rid of Wiggins, maybe then maybe you're talking. Um, but I don't know if I'd want to do that as the next season. No. So that's that's a whole other thing. Actually, wh- what would it take for you to take Wiggins as a Knicks fan? Because I mean, I it would have to start with the number two pick and the Timberwolves pick next year. Maybe. I mean, I don't think you could pull that off. I think if it came down to something like essentially just being number eight for Wiggins and two or something like that, that saves them money. Plus mm-hmm. lets them still take a quality player at eight. It, that might be something that I would maybe consider because as a Knicks fan, I'd be like, well, let's get LaMelo ball then. And Wiggins, if he sucks, can just ride the bench. We don't need the cap space necessarily coming up anyway, unless you still have like dreams of Giannis, which I am increasingly nah. not having. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think, uh, I think that would be okay by me, you know, if, if they could essentially just pull that off. Yeah, I, I don't, I worry though that Tibbs would murder somebody if he had to coach Wiggins again. I I think that their uh, friction was a little overstated. Because um, based off comments that Wiggins has made now, basically like he said, there was like an interview, I don't know, a few weeks or sorry, a few months ago or something where he got asked about that and it, because apparently he and cat like really didn't like Tibbs and he was basically like, no, nah, that wasn't me. That was, that was basically, <laughs> it was <Kat>. all cat. <laughs> yeah. I would blame it on cat too. I would too. Yeah. yeah. So John, uh, do you have any fake trades? It doesn't have to be <clears throat> Nick's involved. Um, I don't know about the Knicks. I would take, <clears throat> I would trade Robinson for two. Yeah, I would do that. Um, I would do that too if the Warriors wanted to do it. I think I would yeah, do that, really even though I depends. love Mitch. Yeah, it depends what options they they get because they might. I mean, if the Knicks are a landing ground or a, like a trade partner because of cap space or whatever to make something happen, I think the move now um, there this draft was already bad, right? Yeah. And now the fact that you're going to have this shortened off season, no, no summer league and like not even a chance to practice really. Like it's going to be basically zoom calls with the coach. And then the, like, this is these, these picks have never been like lower price of lower value to teams that actually want to compete. Right. So this is the time I think to, to zag and try and get a few of them. Right. Like, cause I feel like you can get them, you can get multiple picks and I know it's not a great draft, but you can get multiple picks in the top 10 for like nothing right now versus normal years. So if you're a rebuilding team, I think just like trading, you know, like if you're Indiana and you dump Oladipo, I don't, they're not rebuilding, but like if you, if you can just dump one guy and get multiple picks, I think you could build, like you could, you could do a lot in one season, potentially, like, I know there's not a lot of great guys, but if you get several pretty good guys, that's a team. And that could, that could really make a difference. I don't know. I just, I, I think someone should, some front office should try that. Who's like ready to rebuild. Cause it's like, you could rebuild kind of really fast. 
think with this draft. Yeah, I I wonder if if there's because right now it seems like the asking price will be high for Minnesota and Golden State, and they Golden State obviously is a championship contender. Minnesota without their pick next year, and you know the clock ticking on Cat and D'Angelo Russell, they really want to make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. So both are going to be very antsy to trade their picks. And if nobody's calling, maybe the price goes down. And at that point, a smart front office could jump on it. Yeah. And I think you can just, I think you could, cause there's so many teams now that think they can win, right? You go to, you go three years ago and no one thought they could beat the warriors. Now you have a dozen teams that are in contention. Cause they're like one Lakers injury away or whatever from, this like like there yeah tons of teams are gonna think this is their year to go for it and they're not gonna have any interest in those you know this draft at all so i think the price to get those picks is just it's never gonna be lower um and again they're also not great but maybe they're you know there's lots of lots of guys that that if you develop them you can you can find real talent and so I, if I had the opportunity to get multiple top 10 picks in one draft, I would, I would run with it. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, and I, and I, it, w- it would be interesting if that two for Mitch was there, but it, from, from everything I hear, it doesn't seem like it is. Indiana though, I, I think could trade Oladipo for one of those top two picks. Yeah, I don't know if that's enough for Oladipo, but maybe it is given its contract year and injuries, and maybe he has a bad attitude. I don't know. Like <laughs> all the, all the stuff I was gonna say, I think that's an overpay for Oladipo based off his performance Ooh. this year. I, I mean, but his performance this year wasn't bad. His bubble performance was terrible, but yeah. the regular season performance when he kind of got his legs back under him, but no pun intended, like it was, yeah. he was, he wasn't terrible. He just wasn't a superstar, but he could be again, maybe. I don't know. Could be yeah. another interesting buy low opportunity for Oladipo. You you would have to see the medical reports, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. As a whole, he played 19 games this year. I mean, I guess you could say a lot. Uh, eight of those came in the bubble. I, I don't know if he sat any games in the bubble, but 14 and a half points, four boards, three assists on 39, 32, 81 yeah, shoots. Good. That's pretty bad. But he also didn't want to go to the bubble to begin with. And he was recovering from the injury. So he was like, he was half in it. And I, I don't know if that reflects badly on him. I, I just know at at one point he was really good. And I, I would say, you know, if I were 50%, I think there was a 50% chance he could get back there. I'd be willing to risk some assets. I mean, pre bubble, he had 13 games. Granted, this is again, it's all coming off injury with no training camp or anything, so it's kind of hard to judge it. But he actually did worse prior. Mm-hmm. Oh, was <laughs> it even worse during the regular season? 14 points on 39, 30, and 78 shooting splits, uh, three rebounds, three assists. So, I mean, not, not fantastic, no matter how you cut it. Um, it's also, I mean, that was a really major leg injury that he had. Uh, he had the it was, I think it was a dislocated patella. Yeah. Um, that he had to get operated. I mean, that's literally like the protection and sort of glue for your whole knee. 
Uh, <laughs> so that's that's a pretty pretty gnarly injury to recover from. I mean, I think it's gonna. I, I think if you want to get anything close to, a, you know, top ten pick value for Victor Oladipo, he's got to like, he's got to really have a bounce back season this year and, and maybe get moved by the deadline. But I, I just can't really see him. I could absolutely see him getting moved by the deadline this year, regardless of situation. But my thinking is that if I was Indiana, I would want to wait until the deadline before, you know, potentially moving him because you want to try to resuscitate his value a little bit. I don't think his value could possibly get lower than it is right now. Uh, Cause I, I, you know, I think this is probably his low watermark, how he performed this past season. Um, and so you would hope he could at least get a little bit better from there. But if that's your sample size that you have, like that's your only post-injury sample of Oladipo is this, you know, this little bit of this season. I, I wouldn't even if – if they even came to the Knicks with the number eight pick and said, we'll give you Victor Oladipo for the number eight pick, I wouldn't do it uh, because I just don't think – for the the fact that he's on a contract here, coming off this, this really major injury and didn't play well this past year, I, I don't think it's worth the risk. And I don't think Golden State or, or uh, Minnesota would be into that either. I could maybe, maybe see a world where if – Chicago came to them or something and offered maybe like Zach Levine, uh, which would kind of be kind of be funny for Minnesota uh, if they went for that, considering <laughs> his history there. Um, but maybe Golden State, you know, would look at that and say, "Hey, we could run out a lineup of of Steph, Levine, Clay, Draymond, and whoever at center, and think, you know, hey, maybe that's a good lineup. Uh, maybe they'd be into that." Um, the only difficult part with that is I feel like they would still want to get a first round pick in the draft and Chicago doesn't have another one. I don't believe other than their number four pick and it's not worth Zach Levine to move up two spots in this draft. So it's, it's tricky. Like all some of these like secondary or tertiary or, or whatever you want to call it in the case of golden state, if Levine would join them stars are on teams that are actually pretty high in the draft that don't necessarily need to trade up. And that's part of the problem here, I think. If you were if you were Golden State, would you trade Wiggins for Oladipo? That I probably would because I don't think that Indiana would do that at all. Because why? Unless they would have to get something in return. Because you know, yeah, if I was Golden State, I would do that because you know, if nothing else, you're just guaranteeing that you don't have to pay Wiggins all that money for all those years. I think he's paid still two more years after the, I think he's got three more years left on his deal. Uh, so this next season and then two more seasons after that, I think he comes off the books in 2023. So yeah, I mean, if I got that deal as golden state, I'll do that in a second, but I, I don't think Indiana would because Indiana's like, uh, do we want to, <laughs> I suppose that for a team that has a hard time attracting free agents, maybe they'd be like, all right, well, we'll take what we can get, but because they wouldn't be able to sign even a player of Wiggins's caliber. Uh, but also yeah. that's kind of an albatross contract for inefficient scorer. So yeah, I, I don't know that they would do it. Yeah. It does seem like Indiana is in trading a Ladipo is, is also going to be looking to cut costs. They might be looking to cut costs and, or sort of like, I don't even know about saying hit the reset button. I, I think they're going to, if they trade Oladipo, they're going to try to make their team better in some way because they, they're still going to have Brogdon, Sabonis, um, TJ Warren. You know, they have, they have a good mm-hmm. team there. Like, yeah, I think and- that they'll be looking for someone who maybe fits better than Oladipo and, and, you know, 
can have a long-term future there rather than Old Depot, who sort of, if you read through and sort of read the reporting, sounds like he's almost like one foot out the door already. If you were uh, Golden State, would you trade the number two pick for Miles Turner? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't really. I think Miles Turner is kind of overrated, if we're being honest. Um, I, I don't know what properly rating him looks like, I guess, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I I guess he's on a somewhat good contract for like he they didn't sign him like a max. So that's something. But he's not a particularly good rebounder, which I think would be kind of a necessity for Golden State because you can't like rely on Draymond Green to get all your rebounds for you. Um He's a good defender on the inside and he can shoot the three. So, I mean, he is a good fit there in theory. Uh, my question there is just like, is that the best you can do? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which maybe it is. And I, I guess I would probably, if I was Golden State and that deal got put on my desk, I would just try to ask for whatever pick Indiana has. I don't have the draft order. I think, uh, me, so. I think Milwaukee has their pick this year. Oh, so they don't even have a pick this yeah. year. Well, um, that's a problem. That's um, a problem. But, and also... I, I know Miles Turner's contract's not bad. It's eighteen million for the next uh, three seasons. Okay, and so I mean that's not the worst, but I I would argue that he's like fairly paid at that number, if not a tiny bit overpaid. Um, which again doesn't really matter so much for the Warriors because they're already capped out like crazy. Um, but is he like again? Is he like the best you can do to get a trade for the number two pick? Like, could you? I almost wonder uh, it would be really complicated. I you'd have to tamper so much, but like I almost wonder if you could <laughs> talk to New Orleans or something if you're um if you're Golden State and see if they'd be willing to like trade you Brandon Ingram for the number two pick, like in a sign and trade, if Ingram was okay with okaying that to go to Golden State. You know, I think you could realistically do that if you wanted to, because uh, you know, I think that I think it's definitely uh, uh arguable that the the Pelicans could use a lead ball handler like a LaMelo ball uh, and they could pair the ball brothers actually. Or even if it's Anthony Edwards gets the number two, I think you could argue that Anthony Edwards would be a great piece there. And then they're like fully in on this like super rebuild with uh, Zion and then mm-hmm. Anthony or, or LaMelo and then, um, you know, Jackson Hayes and Lonzo and Josh Hart and all those guys. And, you know, they could, they could start, you know, their new era under Stan Van Gundy without this like, this like weird cloud of like, is this Brandon Ingram's team or is this Zion's team kind of thing? It'll just be Zion's team period going forward. I like that. Or for that, actually for that matter too, you could even try to do Drew holiday for the number two pick also out of new Orleans. And I I think that would be better than Oladipo. I mean, I would rather have, I think if Brandon Ingram was on the table for the number two pick, golden state's going to do that for sure. I, I don't think new Orleans would do that. They might do it for drew holiday. Yeah. I mean, they might do it either way. I, I guess it depends. Like, I don't know what to think with. I, I guess we'll see. I mean, I've been saying for a while, like, I don't think the Knicks would be able to get him, but the Knicks need to try to do everything they can to get Brandon Ingram, you know, uh, on a restricted free agent contract or a sign and trade or whatever. Because if there's like any doubt in New Orleans' minds about like, oh, is he, can he coexist with Zion? Can Zion develop the way that he has to with Brandon Ingram here? You know, is there going to be confusion over who's the the alpha or whatever? 
um, I think you got to entertain that, you know, like to the point where I would, I would even give them like multiple picks and a sign and trade or something, if that could be executed, you know, to get Brandon Ingram. Cause I do think, I think he's that good. I, I wouldn't give up like next year's pick unprotected or something crazy, but if it was like, Oh, we'll give you both Dallas picks, you know, the 2021 and 2023 Dallas picks, I would do that in a heartbeat. I think if, if it could get Brandon Ingram over. So yeah, if that's on the table, I think any team should be looking to do that. Would you do the eight pick and one of the Dallas picks? For Brandon Ingram? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Cause he's better. He's better than any player you're going to get at eight this year by a wide margin, I think. And he's absolutely like being realistic with the Dallas picks. We can hope all we want that, you know, well, unfortunately hoping for the Dallas picks to get better means kind of like hoping for injuries to Dodge yeah, or well, Zingas, which is kind of trashy. Do you have to hope that much? It seems like he's doing that on his own. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but like you just, it's like wishing bad fortune on them, which feels kind of right. dirty. Um, but like the... It, like the reality of those Dallas picks is they're probably going to be late teens, early twenties at right. best, you know, and, and the chances of finding another Brandon Ingram at that spot, even in a really loaded draft, like next year is pretty slim. So I would feel really comfortable doing that. You know, if, if new Orleans said, if new Orleans was like, we give you permission, you know, over the NBA tampering bylaws to talk to Brandon Ingram and try to figure out if he wants to come to your team. And then, you know, they came to an agreement and then New Orleans said, okay, it's just going to cost you the eight picks, select so-and-so, and it's going to cost you next year's, you know, Dallas pick. I, I'd do that heartbeat. That wouldn't be a question to me at all. Yeah. It's hard for me to see New Orleans not wanting to keep Brandon Ingram. It's hard for me too, considering he was sort of one of the centerpieces of the AD trade, but yeah. I don't think that they ever expected him to quite work out as good as he did. Um so it's kind of like found money for them. And I do think that in kind of a weird way, like David Griffin kind of wants to do this like his own way with Zion is like his new LeBron sort of thing um, and build around Zion. And the, I think there's definitely some fit questions between Ingram and Zion, which in that case, like maybe that just makes you question like, you know, can our coaching be doing better and stuff, which I guess we'll see with Stan Van Gundy this year. I still think it's like 90% chance that Ingram stays but just on this like weird off chance that they, for whatever reason, decide they don't want him or they, you know, that they'd rather not keep him on a max contract when they could get other draft capital or whatever. You know, I, I think there's the Knicks should be at the front of that line if that's ever the case, but I don't, I don't think that that is going to be the case ultimately. So before you go, um, if the Knicks do indeed keep their eight pick, who who are you most hoping for? Maybe like top three guys you're most hoping for to land at that point that realistically could be there. I think I'm probably hoping for, I think I'm hoping that Killian Hayes drops the most. Um, I, I would say like LaMelo Ball is my number one guy that I want period, but he, he's not going to make it to eight. Right. I mean, there's just, there's no way. Um, and if he does, that's a really impressive bit of maneuvering. But um, <laughs> I would say, yeah, probably Killian Hayes would be number one because uh, I like his game a lot. He fills the point guard spot that, you know, the Knicks have been looking for forever. I, I do think he has really good potential. He showed a lot of a lot of strong abilities in, you know, a grown adult league in Europe and 
you know, similar, I won't put him anywhere in the same stratosphere, but like similar to how Luka Doncic was able to like actually start and make a real impact on a team on like a pretty high level team in Europe. Um, Killian, you know, not in the same league as, you know, cause uh, Doncic played for uh, uh, Real Madrid. I think it was, it was Real Madrid or Barcelona, the basketball version, um, whichever one he played for. He actually, I mean, they're like one of the premier programs. Of and they were the in the title game for the Euro League. Right? Yeah. 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 And I mean, he won the MVP of the entire league. I mean, he was like next level stuff, which is why I'm saying like Killian's not there, but he did start for the Ratio Farm team uh, in Germany and, you know, actually was a really consistent and, you know, trusted player on that team, which European basketball doesn't tend to favor younger players at all. So, uh, that's a promising thing to me. And, you know, I, he's also very young. I think he's got a good skill set that could develop. He's got a really nice step back. He's very strong with his left hand. He needs to work on his right some. Um, you know, he's good on defense, really good at, like, anticipation and help defense and stuff like that. I think if you look at a combo of him and Frank Nilakina, like, you're talking about a really, really cool backcourt that can do a lot of things together. Um, so he probably made my number one. Uh, I think number two – out of the realistic options, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of falling for Isaac Okoro. Um, I like him a lot. You know, really really strong defender. Uh, could probably defend anywhere from like one to four, and and at least from a muscle muscle standpoint, could. Uh, no, it's pronounced muscle. Muscle. <laughs> I was gonna say muscular, and then uh. <laughs> switch to muscle halfway through, but whatever. Uh, but from a from a muscle standpoint. Uh, he could definitely like hold his own against a, a five for a minute, although he's not super long, which, you know, would hurt him in that case and would probably hurt him a little bit against certain fours in the league, but he defend like basically any position. Um, good man defender, good help defender. And on offense really needs to work on his jump shot, but really good passer, really good finisher, um, pretty good handle, you know? And I, I think that he's just kind of one of those players that a, I could see being a tips player, which I think is valuable for the Knicks who, just hired Tibbs and then B, you know, I think he's, uh, I just think he's a winning player. Like he's, he's lost very little in his entire basketball life. And that's useful, you know, to have guys that actually care that much about winning, uh, on a basketball team and who are skilled enough to back it up. And he's just kind of like this, like quiet assassin type that doesn't really talk big or anything, but he just goes out there, does his job and like kills the other team. Uh, so he's probably my number two. And then I guess number three, I think I'm kind of thinking my number three option at this point isn't a player. It's just trading back. Um, I think that's my, if I, if I couldn't get one of those two players, I'm kind of leaning towards trading back at this point. Um, Cause I don't know that I'm super sold on anybody else. I think there's definitely a potential for Vassell. Uh, but that new video that came out of him shooting that horrendous looking jumper where he was like taking the ball, like all the way back to his neck practically. Uh, and like trebucheting it out was just really concerning. And I, I don't know why he decided actually, to start doing that. Yeah, I didn't actually see it. But in f- footage from actual games, did he was he seen doing anything like that? Or no, in actual fine? games, his his release kind of started like his, or his I guess you wouldn't call it his release, like his like cockback, you know, like where you pull the ball back came kind of near his head. And then he'd release super duper high. And then in this other clip, he was like bringing it like all the way behind his head and then letting it go like just above his head rather than like super high up. 
which definitely hurts your ability like on pull-up jumpers and stuff um maybe wouldn't hurt so much on the perimeter uh although if you had a guy like you know like mitchell robinson who's super long that can get the shots easier then that would definitely hurt him um but yeah it's it was a little concerning to see and granted the video just it got like requested to be taken down like right away and it did but of course it was on the internet so like it lives there forever uh but i i think maybe the reason that he he or his agent or whoever got in contact with whoever put the video up to take it down is maybe because he was just kind of screwing around and i certainly hope that's the case like that maybe he was just you know messing around after after doing some actual drills or whatever and it was just like haha let me shoot it like this um but it's concerning nonetheless. And so I've become like less enamored with him. And I think I'm probably leaning more towards trading back and trying to, I, <laughs> as crazy as it is, like, cause you know, rivalry, but uh, quote unquote rivalry, uh, but trading back with the Celtics, I think is probably the best fit. They have pick 14, pick 26 and pick 30. Uh, so if you could, I mean, if you could in some pipe dream, get all three of those picks off of them, you know, then you're looking at it, you would have five total picks. And while I wouldn't necessarily want the Knicks to make all those picks, then you've got all this ammunition to potentially trade back up into the teens. And you can maybe have two picks in the teens, which I, I think could be just as, if not more valuable than the pick at, just at number eight this year. Um, because maybe you could get Kyra Lewis and Tyrese Maxey, or you could get um, Alexi Pokashevsky and... Kyra Lewis again or something. I don't know. Or uh, any one of a number of other guys. I mean, there's a lot of guys in that general range. I, those three guys are probably my favorite from that general range. Um, it was Pokeshevsky, like Kyra, Pokeshevsky, and Poke- Maxi. And Maxi, yeah. Those are probably my th- three favorite from that like teens range. Um, but, you know, there's other guys too. And then, and then you could still hold on to your second round pick to take a stab there. And if you manage to finagle all three of those picks off of Boston, then maybe you're making two picks, you know, like, you're making like four picks total, like two in the teens, one at the end of the first round and one in the early part of the second round. And that's, that's quite a draft haul, you know, regardless of the quality of the draft and everything, that's a lot of chances when you have a guy like Walt Perrin that you just hired, who's like a scout extraordinaire, who's been doing this a long time, has unearthed good talent in that teens range and in the twenties range. Uh, you know, I think that's a, a good problem to have if you have like quote unquote, too many young bodies coming on for next year. And it is sort of just uh precludes you from going too crazy with trades and free agency as well. So it's the, you know, for another ancillary benefit to the whole thing. Right. Actually, one of the uh, benefits of hiring Tibbs was that they wouldn't make some crazy trade for cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think that I think of all players, I think he would welcome almost any other player that he's ever coached except for cat. Yeah. I, I really think that there's a, there's an unbreakable, uh, uh, grudge between those two yeah for sure all right well do you want to tell the listeners where they could find you yeah for sure so uh so you can find me on twitter uh at the alex wolf uh you can find the strickland uh the site that i'm editor-in-chief of uh at the strickland or at the strick.land uh on the internets mm-hmm. and then uh i'm on locked on nicks which you can find us at locked on nicks on twitter it's a four to five time a week podcast that we run. Uh, so it's content, content, content all day. Um, currently in the middle of like a really giant mailbag and we have a couple really good draft guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. 
if you're interested in more of these guys that I just talked about, but I'm no expert, uh, you could hear some actual experts and, uh, and then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And still write a little bit for posting and toasting. So you can check that out as well. But yeah, that's my, that's my laundry list of places. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man, of course. Thanks for having me and, uh, look forward to the next time. Yep. Thanks again. Uh, John, um, do you want to talk about maybe, I want to talk about Houston again, because I keep thinking about like what their plan would be. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're, I don't, I just don't see him spending the money like, um, for Tillman Fertitta or whatever, the owner has said that he's going to do what it takes to put together a winner. I think that's, I think that's empty talk. I mean, I just, I don't see, they're so hamstrung with the like Harden and Westbrook situation. Yeah. And the micro ball experiment was awesome, but you know, they did it that cause that was the best they could do. They same with the Westbrook trade, right? It was like, all right, this Chris Paul thing has run its course. The literally the only person we can trade him for is Russell Westbrook. So yeah. let's give that a shot. And now I think they're, I, I think they're just in basketball purgatory and it, and it sucks because Harden is fantastic. He's a transcendent scorer and he's, I just think they're going to like spend the rest of his prime kind of on the periphery. Um, I don't see another path unless, unless that Westbrook who showed up for two months last year and, you know, got himself in those two months on the third team, all NBA, um, unless that guy's there all season, um, which I, I just don't think is happening. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, and I think that's, I don't think Daryl Morey and um, Mike D'Antoni saw it either. That's probably why they left. I think if I were them, I think you have to run it back because you don't really have much choice to start the season. Um, Depending on how things go, I mean, maybe, as you said, Russell Westbrook, the one we saw for two months, comes back, and then great, you have another playoff push. If not... I would, they have the two tradable assets they have are uh, PJ Tucker's on his last year for like, I think like seven or eight million. So a team would definitely be willing to trade a late first for that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and Robert Covington, who's on 12 million a year for this coming season and the season after that. And then after a year of Westbrook, where he now only has two more years left, maybe you could salary dump him by attaching those two whatever assets you got for Covington and PJ Tucker. Um, and maybe some other future pick, some team might be willing to take on Westbrook for like three firsts, even not so great ones. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know what you're going to get back though. Cause well, if, if the point is to contend, you need like multiple players, yeah, multiple good players back for him. And if the point is to dump salary, I don't know. Might as well just write it out at this point. I yeah. So that's why my plan would be to dump the Russell Westbrook salary and so clear enough room to enter the Giannis sweepstakes. I don't see. I don't. Maybe I don't see Giannis 
doing it. Um, I just don't see what the draw is to Houston. Like if you're, if you're Giannis, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't know that like, I love James Harden, but I don't know that I'd want to play with them. That's um, true. Personality wise. Oh, don't they actually, don't they have issues or was that somebody oh, I don't else? Know. Maybe they do. Maybe. Someone Giannis has an issue with, I can't remember now. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, Harden would be the draw for playing there is talent at least. Yeah, but I think there, there are going to be enough teams with talent who are also going to have space like the Miami Heat and the Dallas Mavericks. Um, that like Toronto, if Giannis, possibly. If Giannis wants to win and that's like his number one thing, man, I just don't see, I don't see Houston being it with, with Harden. Mm-hmm. I wish, I really wish there was a way to dig out of this. But like, I think all Maury could do was dig deeper. Yeah. Right. He, Which all he could been do was doing just, already. Yeah. It's like double down yet again. And I mean, he knew it wasn't going to work. We all knew it wasn't going to work. It was, but it was a hell of an effort. Like mm-hmm. at least it got him in the game and it was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. And that's, you know, he, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think it's, they're going to be dark days going forward because they're going to be good enough to stay out of the like lottery. Probably they'll probably be good enough to be in the playoffs. And then you got to like, maybe this new GM, he's got to be doing what Maury did, like finding deals and finding assets in the teens and early twenties. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be really tough. And that's why. So the third part of my third three point plan for the Rockets is if they fail at the Giannis sweepstakes, which probably would be the case, um, then I, then I think I would rather trade Harden than be in purgatory and just start a full rebuild. Because I think one Harden will probably want to leave at that point, and you got I think you could still you could get a massive haul, an AD level haul. I don't know about AD level though, because how old is Harden? He is, that's be- true. He's he's already like is he thirty one? Let me check um, this out. He's he's probably he's he's at least close. And the thing is, his next contract is going to be a disaster at the tail end. Yeah, it's going to be a Westbrook type contract. It's going to be a Westbrook slash Chris Paul slash. Although Chris Paul like was pretty awesome this past year, right? But it's going to be one of those where. He's like 37 and yeah. making $50 million and you got to be signing up for that. And if, and it's fine if you sign up for it, but you better be in contention for his first two or three years, right? Like with a real shot at the title in order to sign up for those last two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's the real challenge. I, I think this, I think people kind of have learned from these recent issues with these guys, like the ninth year, 10th year, whatever, signing a five-year contract, unless that guy's name is LeBron James, that's a risky proposition. Yeah, that sounds right. The third contract is the risky one. Yeah. Where they have to, to do to do a max or a super max, like that player has to be an MVP level candidate, which right. Harden is, but I think he's already on his, is he already on his third contract? I think so, because um, I think he did an extension with Houston when he was on his second contract. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, so this one, you know, is they're getting value for Harden for sure. 
Oh yeah, but it, when he comes up again, yeah, he will four. still be one of the best in the league, right. and he will not be at the end of five years. So yeah. that's the that's the tricky contract. That's the Albert Pujols situation, like from baseball, where it's like, yeah, this guy's really good, but mm, man, <laughs> we're not signing him for that. He wasn't even really that good at the beginning of that contract. No, it's true. He'd been really, really good right up until that point. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it makes sense at the time for the Angels, the man he yeah. did not deliver. Um, I, I hope, uh, speaking of Giannis and Chris Paul, I, I, I would like the Milwaukee Bucks to try to go for Chris Paul. Yeah. I mean, why not? I think I think that's a I think that's great. I, I haven't heard any landing spots for him. Like I thought th- the Thunder would be like more mm-hmm. I don't know. They they're they're trying to ship him out, right? I think so. It's possible they're just keeping everything close to the vest. Um but yeah, I would think they want to ship him out and it's not like the Westbrook contract. They could get maybe not a huge haul, but something in return for Chris Paul. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I think Milwaukee, Milwaukee would be my favorite landing spot for him. But again, for Oklahoma city, it's just, they're going to just take whatever the best haul they can, they can get. Uh, Does he have to agree to it at this point? I I don't think so. I don't think he has a no trade clause. I don't know. Actually. No, now I'm like having these weird memories of when he was with the Clippers Having a, I know he okayed the trip, the the deal to Houston. Yeah, I'm sure he just like has enough clout that he's he would have to be okay with it. I don't I don't think he'd be very. But he didn't. I don't know if he wanted to go to OKC. From yeah, I Houston. don't know about that yeah. Huh. Yeah. So Milwaukee would have to trade, like Bledsoe, who I'm sure OKC doesn't want, but. It's at least lower money than uh, Chris Paul. Um, maybe some other one contracts like Connington or something like that. Uh, Indiana's pick this year and maybe one other future first. Yeah, I mean, what I don't know what Oklahoma City is going to do with yet another first. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's but not yeah. enough roster spots. I know, Jesus. Yeah. I got so many guys. Um, so... Yeah, that would be that'd be awesome. I, I would I would love that. And Milwaukee, you know, they've got to swing for the fences this year. Yeah, he's like a he's a once in a generation player. So mm-hmm. if they miss out and he leaves next year, yeah, they gave up some draft assets, but like they're not contending for a while anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um anything to plug? Nothing to plug. Just, uh, yeah, I hope, um, I'm hoping this, this season, I hope they do start earlier. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm, I'm wishing for. And I know they're basically just looking to sacrifice this season for the sake of next season. And they want to avoid this whole fall basketball phenomenon because apparently, you know, no one watches it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah, up against football and yeah. baseball playoffs at some point. I wonder so, how the World Series so yeah. are doing ratings wise. What's that? I wonder how what the World Series is doing ratings wise. Oh yeah, I don't know. I haven't even I haven't even seen. Yeah. Um, I don't it's, even know if football is like down this year from last year. It might be, but uh, uh, it would. It's you would think that everybody's home and they're going to be watching sports. 
don't know. Maybe there's just too much going on that everybody's kind of out think, of it. Yeah, I think I think the the election is a big thing. Yeah, just distraction wise and things to watch. And I think also, I think people have just gotten used to other stuff, and they've like mm. you know just moved on to doing other things. And then they, I don't know. I, I it's I, it's it's really it's really strange. It's really strange. And football like was such a. Um, ahead of all the other ones, like such a social sport too, right? Like the going to, going to the, I don't know, go to the restaurants and bars, like mm-hmm. going to people's houses and watching it and all that stuff. Like uh, it's yeah. just, and that's a little bit harder now. So maybe that's part of it too. Yeah. So like the going to people's houses, taking that community part out of it, probably drains people's interests. And then for sure, the ratings are down with bars and restaurants. I would assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. And yeah, because I think a lot of people maybe aren't even that into it. They're just like, oh yeah, we, we this is what we do. We like, everyone gets together and there just happens to be a football game on, right? So. Yeah, and if uh, like you're a Patriots fan and then their game gets canceled and it's like, it's yeah, probably right. hard to keep your interests going. Yeah, so. I don't know. I think, I think they'll make it happen though. I think they'll make it happen early. Um, they'll give up the income of the fan, like the fans, at least for the start of the season and then just get going. I think that's probably the best thing for everybody. I don't know. The Olympics should be a big concern for them, but I think it will be, I guess. Cause like you were saying, they don't want to like, I don't know, embarrass <laughs> themselves. I guess. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I feel like the Olympics is not so important to us players. Yeah, and I don't even know that you should assume the Olympics are going to happen. That's I don't know. very true. Um, but yeah, it it would be great if it if it starts um, it starts right away because um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's so it's so much more fun when basketball's on. I mean, the off season's great too because of all the stories and stuff like that. But yeah, but yeah, if it was starting that. in March, like there would just be a lot of dead time. I know. And that's kind of what I was hearing. And then I was hearing MLK day and yeah. now I'm hearing like Christmas maybe. So yeah, that's sooner than we think. Yeah. yeah. All right. Everybody go vote as soon as you can. Cause you never know what's going to happen. Your car may not start, um, <laughs> you know, and then you're going to have to walk to the polling place and who wants to do that? Especially if you live in New York city, you want to drive everywhere. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, go vote and go follow at Larry the Athlete on all social media and subscribe to Larry No Sports. And may you hit those corner threes.